As professionals, we can sometimes be put in situations where we experience a physical and or emotional response when there is a conflict between job demands and the amount of control we have over meeting these demands. This phenomenon, which Neil Doshi describes as emotional pressure, can be harmful to adaptive performance. Where does this phenomenon show up and how can we recognize the signs to avoid succumbing to it? Listen to this snippet and if you enjoy it, scroll back to episode 24, How Top Performers Self-Motivate with Neil Doshi. Emotional pressure shows up in many ways. One way is guilt, for example. One way is shame. One way is peer pressure. So when you think about your concern about your children doing things that are harmful to themselves because of their peers at school, well, what's going on? A child's peers are acting on that child's identity to compel them to do something. This is definitional emotional pressure. In the workplace, emotional pressure often looks like I need to look good to my boss. I need to look good in front of my colleagues. I need to look good to my CEO. And emotional pressure is negative to adaptive performance. Like one of the things we call out in our research, which is incredibly important, especially I think for sales folks to hear, is that there are two types of performance. One is tactical, the other is adaptive. Tactical performance would be a salesperson who is really effectively reading a script. These are the things I'm supposed to say, I'm just gonna say them to you and hope for the best. Adaptive performance is a salesperson that's really effectively diverging from the script. This is the salesperson that's actually listening to who are you? Who are you specifically? What are your unique needs? And then how do I tailor this value proposition to feel like it fits you like a glove? That's adaptability. The thing is, I could use emotional pressure to create tactical performance, but it will destroy adaptive performance. That a salesperson who's under emotional pressure is more likely to stick to the script than adapt to it. When a salesperson is behind on their numbers, behind on their budget, and then they have that one-on-one with their boss, their sales leader. And that sales leader, in all intents and purposes, says, you need to get things going and build your pipeline and you need to get some things moving. That's an example of emotional pressure. It depends on how it comes across. So if that sales leader is essentially saying, hey, let me help you. Let me coach you. We're in this together. Let me help you set up that pipeline. Let me help you get your processes and rhythms in order. Let me help you on your motion. If it really feels not like judging, if it really feels not like blaming, if it feels like honest to goodness, coaching, helping, I'm here to support you in things that you want to do versus I'm trying to add pressure to the mix, then it's not going to manifest as much emotional pressure. But if it feels, hey, Dan, you're really failing right now, and that's going to be a real problem for you, you got to get your act together. Otherwise, you're going to have some real problems. If it feels like that, then that's absolutely going to create some emotional pressure. Sales professionals themselves, they're fully capable of putting emotional pressure on themselves. It's like when they walk into that meeting right before they go in, hey, I need to get this deal going. This would be a big win. I'm behind on my number. I hope they like what I have to say. I really hope they get us a, a second meeting or maybe at least a chance to, to give them a demo. Those examples of self-inflicted emotional pressure? Well, it's not really self-imposed if you feel like you need to do this, otherwise you'll get fired because it actually is the process of getting fired that's imposing it. Or I need to do this, otherwise I'm not gonna make enough money to pay my rent. That's actually now economic pressure, the, the fifth motive. And so you have to be really careful to understand where is truly, where is the source of the pressure coming from? If it is coming from some reward or some punishment, if it is coming from, that's economic pressure, if it is coming from looking good to someone else, it is emotional pressure. If it's coming from a personal sense of values, 
a personal sense of belief. If it's coming from truly inside that person and not from anything outside that person, then you're actually closer to purpose or the, the third motive potential. But here's an area where I see a lot of people get this wrong. They want to believe as an executive or a sales manager, they want to believe that the pressure was self-imposed. But when you really double click on it, when you really unpack it, some of it might have been, but a lot of it wasn't. A lot of it was imposed by the systems and structures and processes of the organization. So go to potential, because I, I know that was your third. Can you talk a little bit with the listeners about what that potential motive comes from? What does it sound maybe like to us internally? So if purpose was you're doing an activity because you value its immediate outcome, potential is you're doing an activity because you value its eventual outcome. So the outcome that you care about is a little bit further away from the work itself. So for example, you might be saying to yourself, if I sell this product in the long term, it'll be very good for this customer. Or if I sell this product in the long term, it'll be very good for this mission. Or in the process of my work, I'm actually learning skills that are important to me or developing myself in ways that are important. All of that is not about the actual direct outcome of the work. It's some eventual outcome of the work, and that's the potential motive. If you're really trying to drive peak performance, the thing that you have to realize is that play is the most powerful, then purpose, then potential. Think about it this way. Nothing compels you to play golf but play, and you spend a lot of time, money, and effort on it. If I'm really trying to build an ultra high performing sales force, what I'm saying to myself is I want to maximize play, I want to maximize purpose. Potential would be great, but it's just way weaker than the other two. So it's not my priority. I'm going to try to minimize emotional pressure. I'm going to try to minimize economic pressure. And I'm going to try to minimize the sixth mode of inertia. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of the podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapham180.com. Go to contact us. You can also engage with us on LinkedIn at Dan Lappin or Lappin180. 